Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hello, America. Happy morning after Christmas. It is good to be with you on this, the 26th of December in the year 2022. We're just a few days from a new year, and we thought we would start off with a really powerful discussion. Senator Rick Scott, Matthew Dickerson, the Grover M. Herman Center for the Federal Budget Director, Chief Financial Officer of Florida, Jimmy Petronas, Congressman Tim McClintock, and Heritage Action's own State Advocacy Director, Catherine Gonzalez, they joined for an hour-long discussion, a special report, Cutting Spending, Policies Worth Saving. In other words, restoring fiscal sanity to America's government programs. A really great conversation. We did it on the television show. We've especially adapted it for you on the podcast. Hope you enjoy it. God bless you. Merry Christmas. We'll be back in a week. The rest of this week will be a best of the John Solomon Reports podcast from this year. Hope you enjoy some of our favorite handpicked interviews. We'll be back the Monday after New Year's with another great special, another great show. And of course, we'll hit the ground running in 2023, starting with the undecided speakers race in the House, Kevin McCarthy versus Andy Biggs, who you heard from on Saturday. We don't know who's going to win that one. I think the world is watching with great anticipation. All right, folks, God bless you. Good night. We'll talk to you in a week. Until then, I hope the rest of your holidays are bright and merry and enjoyable and that you enter the new year of 2023 with God's blessings and a full win behind your sails of life. God bless you. We'll talk to you in a week. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, 
takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Good evening, America, and welcome to this Just the News, Real America's Voice special report, Cutting Spending and the policies worth saving. I'm your host, John Solomon. Tonight, in partnership with our sponsor, Heritage Action for America, we're going to explore the ways a new conservative majority in the U.S. House can work with Democrats and Republicans in the U.S. Senate and the executive branch to cut government spending. Today, the national debt is almost $32 trillion, double what it was just a decade ago, and American taxpayers continue to pile on debt a trillion more last year, on top of the $5 trillion in tax revenues that came in to fund the government. Economists say the trend has become unsustainable. And the question is, is 2023 the year it begins to stop? Two Republicans have created plans to begin that process. House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy's commitment to America and Florida Senator Rick Scott's 12-point Rescue America plan both provide blueprints to restore fiscal sanity to all the craziness here in Washington. But to get there, major changes have to incur, including uh, ending the renewed process of earmarks that create Westville spending in Congress. Tonight, we're going to dive into how that happens, and we're lucky to begin that conversation with one of the architects of that rescue plan. He has overseen many budgets in his professional and political career, former CEO of a healthcare company, and he served two governors, two terms as the 45th governor of Florida. He now represents the state of Florida in the U.S. Senate. He is Senator Rick Scott. Senator, great to have you on the show. It's great to be with you. You know, this is all doable, but you have to start just like your family. I, you know, I grew up in a very poor family. I had to watch every dime I spent. Uh, I started businesses. I had to watch my money. No one lent me money or invested with me if I didn't say, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm going to spend your money. And then as governor, there's 4,000 lines of the budget. Oh, no, went through every line every year, and we got a return. 
It's amazing. It really is simple. And yet when Washington, we've made it so complex and a lot of people end up winning in that complexity by all the deficit spending, all the things that are going on. Um, there's a moment here at the end of the year. It looks like Democrats won't have a whole year budget blueprint. It'll be just a short CR. How important is that to give Republicans a clean state next year to start cleaning up this mess? Well, I think what's clear is the Democrats have decided not to pass a budget, which makes no sense to me. So if this Congress, the Democrats control the House, the White House, and the Senate, doesn't want to pass a budget, then we should allow the next Congress the opportunity to pass a real budget where we go through and we pick our priorities, just like every family does. They don't get to buy everything they want. They have priorities, just like every business does. And that's what we should be doing at state, local, and federal governments. Yeah, it's so simple. You did it in Florida every year and it worked just fine. And the blueprint just has to be brought back to Washington. Uh, a lot of demagoguery goes on in this process. There's always talk about, oh, Republicans want to take away Social Security or there's going to be some short term problems with it. Um, Social Security is going to be just fine this year, right? Well, I mean, I think it would be wrong. And I don't know one Republican that wants to cut the benefits of Social Security or Medicare. But what we do know is the Democrats cut $280 billion out of Medicare back in September. Right. Um, and we, in this idea that we don't have, we don't balance our budget, don't watch our money means at some point there's a day of reckoning uh, for uh, all programs that we care about. I care about Social Security, I care about Medicare. But if you, you know, you run 32, 33, 34, 35, $40 trillion debt, at some point the interest expense is going to be so massive that I'm really worried about. Uh, the ability to pay for the programs we care about. I'm going to fight like hell to make sure we don't ever cut Social Security and Medicare benefits. But I also know we have to pay our, our federal debt, too. Yeah, and it gets bigger by the day. Your 12-point rescue plan is probably the most detailed and specific way to go about doing it. What are the most important points when you look at it and you tell your constituents, this is why it works? What's the most important parts of it? I think the most important thing is you actually live with it. You just have to say yourself, I'm going to create priorities and live within my means. That's what we all need to be doing, and your government needs to be doing that. And I think right now, Congress ought to be telling Social Security recipients and Medicare recipients how they're going to preserve those programs. Um, but I, I think the big thing is do what I did as governor. Go through every line, pick your priorities, and then you can you can balance the budget. You can reduce taxes. We actually, one of my years as governor, even though I walked in with a $4 billion budget deficit, we balanced the budget every year. We paid off a third of the state debt. We cut taxes and fees 100 times. All these things are doing it, but you have to start and you have to say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to cut taxes. I'm going to cut fees. I'm going to balance the budget. I'm going to preserve the programs I care about. Yep. Yeah, that's it's a simple plan. The uh, there's a lot of players at the table, obviously going to be a Republican House majority. That's going to be good for people like you because they care about fiscal sanity. How will the Democrats in the U.S. Senate engage and how will Joe Biden engage? Is there room to make some deals and make progress on this? Well, you always want to be hopeful. You want to be hopeful that the Democrats understand that poor families like mine growing up uh, that you know, are struggling to make ends meet, that this inflation that's caused by reckless spending, the gas prices that's caused by reckless spending, the food price increases that's caused by reckless spending, there's a day of reckoning. So I hope the Democrats 
come to their senses and understand that we have to live within our means if we want to help uh, the people we care about. In my state of Florida, we have people struggling to put food on the table, gas in the car. We have people that are going back to work. We have more people going to food banks that had never been to a food bank before. So I hope the Democrats see the same problems and they'll come to the table and we'll come up with a bipartisan solution. Yeah, so important. The um, When you look out at the uh, 2022 fiscal budget, there's an amazing number. The government took in $5 trillion that it wouldn't have to deficit spend if it stayed within a $5 trillion budget. Part of that is a success of the Trump tax cuts growing the economy over the last few years. Um, can Washington fit itself into a $5 trillion hole? Seems like that's a big number. You know, it, think about it. I think uh, the 2019 spending... Uh, which is a little less than $5 trillion total spend. So we could balance the budget if we just went back to 2019 spending. The Trump tax cuts work. Tax cuts do work. Reduced government spending does work. Um, so I, I hope we can get there. Uh, I think, you know, Republicans and Democrats have to come together if we're going to get inflation under control and help our families. Yeah, no doubt. One of the things about inflation is, Ben, we've not been able to get an honest assessment from the Treasury Secretary, from the president, from the economic team at this White House. I know the president just recently called inflation temporary again. It's been anything but temporary. Let me throw to this uh, soundbite and get your reaction to it. As our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. Your reaction, sir, to that analysis? Not very temporary. We've had, we've had now about since Biden took office, we've had about 14% inflation. Uh, we just saw some CPI numbers uh, recently, and it shows that we're still running over 7% inflation year after year. So, I mean, that's causing families, you know to not be able to buy things. And it's caused by reckless Democrat spending. It's as simple as that. And it was not, it was not tr transitory at all. Yeah, no, that's it. It never was transitory. When you create a dynamic of a lot of extra cash chasing a shrunken supply chain, which is what happened during COVID, and I think as a result of some of the Democratic policies, it creates this persistency. What are some of the ideas that you and Republicans have to uh, loosen up the supply chain, get that part of it, even as you bring spending down? Well, the thing that if you want business to grow, what you've got to do is you've got to make their life easier. That means you've got to reduce the regulatory environment. You've got to streamline the permitting environment. You've got to reduce every tax and fee you can. You know, I, I cut taxes and fees 100 times as governor of Florida. Our revenue skyrocketed. We added 1.7 million jobs. But more importantly, I got rid of about 20 percent of the regulatory environment in the state of Florida. And I and I streamlined the permitting. That's that's how you help businesses prosper and succeed. You've got to put yourself in the position that if you're a business person, you're going to invest where you can get a return. You're not going to go to places that are more difficult to do business. If we own more jobs in this country, which I do, we got to make this the country that everybody wants to do business, which means a simplified regulatory environment, a simplified permitting environment, lower taxes, lower fees. Yeah, it is such a simple agenda, and yet it gets cast aside. It looks like 2023 may be a year where we have a very serious discussion. You've made that possible with your 12-point plan, sir, and it's a great honor to have you on the show today to give everyone an overview of that. Well, go to rescueamerica.com. What I tell everybody is I want to have an idea. I, want, I work plans. I'm a business guy. I'm a checklist person. 
I said, I want to ha- it doesn't have to be all my ideas, but let's make sure Republicans have an agenda for how we're going to be part of the agenda process to make sure we get things done. Yeah, such an important thing. Sarah, great honor to have you on today. Thank you. I know we're going to have to check in after the first of the year on the progress we're going to be making. We're going to make progress. Take care. You as well, sir. God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more of this discussion right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Welcome back, everybody. Our next guest tonight is another wealth of knowledge. He has more than a decade of experience on Capitol Hill working on budgeting appropriations, entitlement reform, and tax policy. Now he's leading the Heritage Foundation's Grover Herman M. Center for the Federal Budget as director. He's Matthew Dickinson, and he joins us right now. Matthew, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, John. It is an amazing time that we live in. And one, I want to focus on a fact that a lot of Americans don't know. At the end of 2022, this number came out. America had nearly $5 trillion in tax revenue. I mean, the government had $5 trillion it could spend without ever going into debt. And somehow we spilt another trillion plus in, in debt. How do we get to this point where we have really successful revenue growth and we still are in debt? That's exactly the situation. We've collected more revenue this year than we ever have in our nation's history. 
And part of that is due to the successful tax cuts that we had under the Trump presidency, right, which set us up for a good situation for economic growth, even going into the, the pandemic economic downturn that we had. Uh, but the reason we have such high deficits, a trillion dollars this year and forever going forward, is because the government is spending too much. President Biden has gone on a massive spending binge, more spending than we ever have seen in our nation's history, and it's putting it on us on a path where we can't afford it, and it's, and it's hurting the American economy. And the American people are feeling it in their pocketbooks with levels of inflation that we haven't seen in four decades. Yeah, and there's no doubt. I mean, you've studied this a long time, and of course, you're on the Hill. You watch this dynamic. You throw a lot more government cash on the street, inflation automatically grows, doesn't it? That's exactly right. Uh, over Since the start of the pandemic, the federal government has spent more than $7 trillion, and that's been financed by the Federal Reserve. It's all deficit spending. The Federal Reserve has purchased up more than half of the new debt that's been issued by the government since the start of the pandemic using their printing presses. And so that's putting more money into the economy. Biden's regulations and bad economic policies are, are making it harder for the American people to get ahead. And we gotta change course here in the next Congress. So Democrats are taking one last crack before they hand over the House, which obviously controls the purse strings in Congress. Uh, the omnibus bill is got chock full of all sorts of, well, additional spending. Tell us about some of the things that most trouble you. That's exactly right. Before Pelosi goes out of office, she's stepping down as speaker. Uh, she was voted out of office by the American people. And they want to have one last spending binge and they want to write the spending bills for next year when the American people specifically said that the House Republicans should be the ones with the pin. Uh, and so they're trying to load it up with all sorts of extra spending, uh, earmarks for all sorts of left-wing crazy policy ideas uh, that the American people would reject. And the scary thing is this bill, uh, when you add it all up, it could rival the size of Biden's American Rescue Plan Act, which was the match that lit the inflationary fire at the beginning of the Biden presidency. God, it's mind boggling to think that we would do it and bookend it this way. Um, as you dig in, one of the great things that Heritage has done is started to grade a blueprint. When Republicans take over in January, there's a blueprint to begin shrinking discretionary spending. Tell us some of the ingredients that Heritage has come up with to responsibly start to shrink the spending. That's exactly right. My colleagues and I have put together the Heritage Foundation budget blueprint for 2023. And uh, your, your watchers can find that at heritage.org budget. Uh, and it's got more than 200 specific policy op options for the next Congress to take advantage of and put into place in their next budget and their spending bills. So we take a uh, look at the, the major spending bill, the, the, the major spending programs that are the drivers of our deficit. How can we improve programs like Medicare so it doesn't go insolvent by 2028? Uh, how can we improve Social Security so it doesn't go insolvent by 2034 if we do nothing? Uh, we should reform our uh, welfare programs so that they have the right incentives, so that they promote things like getting back into the workforce rather than people becoming dependent on government. And then we should get rid of some of the, the totally unrelated things that the federal government shouldn't be doing in the first place that are totally crazy. Like we spend more than $40 million on D.C.'s Opera House. We should get rid of that funding. That should be a total no brainer. 
Yeah, I bet there are so many of those, and they add up into big dollars. You know, $10 million here, $30 million there. All of a sudden, it adds up to big money. Um, you were on Capitol Hill for a long time. You know the mentality. 2016, 17, 18, there was a chance for Republicans. They really didn't shrink much. The group that's coming in now, we've had a lot of the lawmakers on our show here in the last few weeks. They seem really resolved to making this sort of fundamental spending changes. It really have been kicked down the road for a decade or more. You talked to a lot of folks on Capitol Hill. What's your sense of the pulse? What's their mindset right now going into 2023? Yeah, I think the, the new House Republican class, I think that they're really fired up to do the right things. Uh, the, the wave that we're seeing coming into office in the House reminds me a lot of the Tea Party wave yep. uh, that we saw in the 2010 elections going into 2011. And when uh, House Republicans had the House and they were dealing with the Obama White House and the Harry Reid Senate, they fought. And we had a lot of really good successes on fiscal issues in 2011, right? Where they took advantage of their policymaking leverage points, dealing with government funding bills and dealing with the debt limit. And they got President Obama to sign in to law spending cuts, uh, both in the first government funding bill and with the Budget Control Act that helped save trillions of dollars over the last decade. And so uh, the next Congress is going to have to do that. And I think that there's some really great leaders uh, in the, the House of Representatives, representatives that they're, they're going to really fight on this. Uh, people like Andy Biggs and right. uh, Scott Perry and Kevin Hearn, who's the incoming chair of the Republican Study Committee. I think they're going to do a really good job in pushing their colleagues to do the right thing and cut spending and deal with inflation. Yeah, they're all talking in the same way. You could tell that they have a common goal. They know how they want to attack this. We got about 45 seconds left. There's a chance early on to take a vote. It's symbolic in one respect. It's impactful in another. 87,000 new IRS agents find it next year. Do Republicans get rid of that? They have to. Uh, and the way you do that is take advantage of your leverage points in the funding bill, right? Uh, so there's no reason they've got an 80 uh, trillion, or excuse me, $80 billion slush fund for the IRS. There's no reason to give even more money to the IRS going into the next year. So take advantage, use the power of the purse, defund that slush fund for the IRS. Yeah, so important. Matthew, real quickly, all this great work that you did in the budget plan, how do people get to it? Check it out at heritage.org slash budget. That's pretty easy to remember, folks. Go check it out. It's an amazing plan. Heritage.org slash budget. Matthew, great to talk to you. Thanks to catch up. We're going to be watching all these issues really closely. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got conversations with Florida's chief financial officer. He's doing some pretty remarkable stuff to get rid of woke investments in state budgets. We'll talk about that right after the commercial break. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. 
Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back, America. Our next guest had a conservative track record working as a representative in the Florida State House, and he was just reelected overwhelmingly as Florida's chief financial officer, overseeing the state's investment portfolio and returning at least $1.2 billion in unclaimed property back to the state's citizens. Jimmy Petronas joins us now from the Sunshine State. Uh, chief Petronas, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me, John. It's an amazing story of what you've done. A lot of people, uh, we've been talking on this show for a long time about the dangers of the environmental social governance movement, the ESG movement, mm -hmm. and people have passed some laws, they've done some things, but you didn't mess around. You just said, you know what? You're in this business, you lose Florida's investments. Tell us what you did with BlackRock. Sure, so look, um, I've been in this process now for a pretty good while. I did a, a term in the restaurant business. I was there for about 30 years. Uh, and look, I know what it takes to run a small business and also have been through the state of Florida when we had the foreclosure crisis. So Florida's right now, their finances are the best they've ever been in the history of the state of Florida. But I know we're in a recession. I know it's going to get worse. And I need fund managers who have their head in the game. I need to be 100 percent focused on the bottom line and return on investment. And in the case of BlackRock, they're running in the middle of the pack and they have definitely showed me that their mission is, is yeah, the bottom line, that's also very heavily focused on ESG, which is not, in my opinion, in the best fiduciary responsibility for the taxpayers of the state of Florida. It's a pretty powerful message when you, you tug at the purse strings, you really get their attention. What was BlackRock's reaction when you got this done? Look, I, I, the, some of the feedback that I got was, well, we're we're disappointed. We put $60 billion of investments in the state of Florida. And, and my response to that is, yeah, you put money in the state of Florida because we hustle, we work, we're responsible to the taxpayers. We're expedient when it comes to permitting and transparency in government. Anybody in the right mind should be investing in this state. So, look, pat yourself on back on the back for investing where business does well, and it does well in the state of Florida. Yeah, such a great, uh, such a great message, and and it's funny that they would use that as their defense. Um, as you, <laughs> as you do, you've done so many things that I think are setting a model for other state uh, states to follow as for their chief financial officers, for their treasurers. Uh, one of the things that I thought has been really incredible, you've returned one point two billion dollars of unclaimed property that had been citizen uh, uh, held from citizens. You're getting it back to the citizens. Talk about that project. So if you visit fltreasurehunt.gov, especially if you're a Florida resident, and Lord knows that Florida residents watch Newsmax, if you watch and check, uh, FL, uh, if you go to fltreasurehunt.gov, yeah. you will find uh, an, an unbelievable treasure trove. One in five Floridians has something there. It's uh, utility deposits, cable deposits, uncashed paychecks, you name it, it is in our treasury, and we would just would love to reunite you with your lost money. Yeah, what a great idea. And I'm sure it's incredibly popular. And you made it fun, too. Even just the sound of it sounds fun. And it gets people engaged. Yeah, serious business, but made to at least get people's attention. Um, you've done another thing that I think is key. We, you know, we're here in Washington now. All we talk about mm -hmm. is that $400 billion we gave away in COVID aid, 
fraudulently or uh, to people who weren't entitled to get it. You've arrested over 3,000 criminals who help commit insurance fraud or other forms of fraud against the state. No. You know, 75,000 insurance claims. Tell us a little bit about the mindset it takes to crack down on fraud and get taxpayers their money back. Well, and, and, the, and the challenges we've had in Florida, and we're going to have a special session. We've had one early this year. We're going to have one the week of, uh, of December 14th. And, and insurance is a moving target because the scoundrels and the bad actors continue to find ways how to game the system inside of existing Florida law. So we have to constantly, it's not a sprint, it's a march. We've got to constantly try to outfox those that are gaming the system because as they game the system, all it does is make things like homes more unaffordable. It makes owning a car more expensive. And right now in the environment right now with the inflation that we're facing, I need to do everything humanly possible to make insurance as affordable as possible. So we continue to lean forward. We've got um, about 400 sworn law enforcement in my in my division, uh, my agency, uh, in that particular division that do nothing but focus on insurance fraud. Boy, that is amazing. Well, we can learn some lessons in Washington from your work, I'm sure. Um, another thing that you've taken the lead on, there's a lot of hurricanes that come through Florida. You've really mm -hmm. changed the mindset of how you mitigate natural disasters to save taxpayers, insurers, the state money. Tell us a little bit about that work, because I think that's groundbreaking. Sure. So over the last year, last legislative session, and again during the special session, we've been leaning in with incentives to try to leverage taxpayers' dollars in ways of whether it be rebates or grant assistance to fortify and harden your home. And at the end of the day, if I'm willing to give you some incentive for you to make a bigger investment in your house with hurricane impact windows and doors, those ultimately make the bubble tougher. It makes it harder for a storm to hit your house. And it's not if a storm's going to hit, it's when. And it's amazing. The, the homes with Ian that that invested in that type of technology, they survived. They survived. And the building codes in Florida, it is what it is. They're some of the toughest in the nation. But we live in paradise and Mother Nature loves to wreak havoc every once in a while here. Yeah, it does. That it does. Well, this is a brilliant idea. Um, we got just a little bit of about a minute left. I want to ask about this. Republicans are taking over. They talk about a lot of the same values you have. You've actually achieved the sort of delivery on your values. What advice would you give re Republicans taking over the House, using the power of the purse string to achieve some of the reforms you've been able to do in Florida with Governor DeSantis? I, I plead with the electorate every single day. Hold your electeds accountable. You, we put our names on the ballot to serve. If you don't hold us accountable, you get the government you deserve. And I don't care if that's a school board, county commissioner, or a member of Congress, or your own CFO of the state of Florida. I, I can't stress enough, if you just allow government to go along its way unchecked, the policies that will be passed and executed will not be in the best interests of your household or Main Street. Yeah, so true, so true indeed. Well, Jim Patronus, the rest of the country has been watching what you're doing. They're taking note. I think they're beginning to emulate what you're doing. Congratulations on some remarkable work in Florida. Thank you so much and Merry Christmas. You as well, sir. Good to talk to you. All right, folks, we'll be right back with more engaging conversation right after these commercial messages. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to dive further into the discussion of trying to restore fiscal sanity in Washington with Republicans set to take control of the House. There are now going to be lawmakers in the majority thinking about doing the unthinkable, balancing the budget. How about that? That's a unique idea. Well, joining us right now is one of the most important voices on fiscal sanity. He's a member of the House Budget Committee and a congressman for the great state of California, Congressman Tom McClintock. Sir, great to have you on the show. Great to be on the show, John. Thanks for having me. You have been fighting for fiscal sanity for a long time. Next year, with Republicans getting back in control, there's a big chance to start harnessing the runaway spending. One place I know you've been focused on, getting rid of earmarks. Somehow they creep back into the budget process. Tell us what that process looks like, getting rid of them for good. Well, earmarks are simply the process in which individual congressmen direct spending to, to their pet projects in their districts or they make grants to favored supporters. All of that bypasses the, the merit-driven competitive process that we have in law. What happens is they encourage corruption by combining the power to appropriate with the power to spend. They, they bypass that open merit-driven competitive uh, uh, requirements for, for awarding federal contracts. They undermine federalism uh, by... Uh, 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 turning the federal budget into a grab bag for local pork projects. And they encourage log rolling, utterly reckless spending bills. Yeah, and uh, we saw the damage they can do as runaway spending got, got going under the Democratic House. Uh, how committed are your other colleagues in the Republican majority to making sure that earmarks don't see the day of light or the light of day in the coming Congress? Well, in, in 2011, when Republicans took the majority of the House, we banned them. And for a decade, earmarks were not allowed in the House of Representatives. Uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, this year, uh, Republicans voted to bring them back. Uh, so uh, that complicates matters enormously. Excessive spending, printing trillions of dollars we don't have, is, is run up the biggest debt in our history. It's, it's ignited the worst inflation in 40 years. It's, it's brought on an economic recession. The next Congress is going to have to learn to pronounce the word no. And, and earmarks just make that job much harder. That's why Tom Coburn called them the gateway drug to spending. <laughs> That's right. He did indeed. Um, there's an interesting dynamic in, in the American economy. This year, we generated a record $5 trillion in tax revenues, in part because the tax 
Trump tax cuts grew the economy. Uh, it seems to me most Americans think we certainly can live within a $5 trillion uh, spending plan. Do you think the chance of getting to a balanced budget under that sort of revenue is possible in the next few years? Uh, well, of course it's possible. You have to learn to pronounce the word no. Right. Uh, is it likely? That remains to be seen. But at some point, reality is, is going to impose itself on us whether we like it or not. Whenever the government spends a dollar, it's already decided to tax that dollar. The only question is whether it takes it from current taxes, uh, future taxes by borrowing, uh, or inflation by printing money. Those are the only three possible ways that government spending uh, can be paid for. Uh, so it all comes down to that. Um, the, the, one of the problems with the earmarks is, is not just the uh, amount of money they spend, uh, it's the log rolling that goes on, the greasing of the skids, if you will, uh, for these massive spending bills that end up getting passed, not because members think it's right for the country, but because they think it's right for their district. Uh, that, that's one of the evils of earmarks. Yeah, it is remarkable. Local, local preferences over fiscal discipline time and time again. Uh, we have an economic team led by uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. They got inflation wrong the first time. Now they're saying, hey, it won't be as bad next year. Trust us. Your assessment of the Biden economic team and their projections for 2023. Well, their projections have been consistently wrong. Uh, and the reason is because their policies are causing this. Uh, Milton Friedman pointed out very correctly that, that, that inflation is at all times a monetary issue. It is what we all learned in Econ 1. It is too many dollars chasing too few goods. Uh, what did these, uh, these rocket scientists like Yellen do? Well, they suppressed productivity through uh, huge increases in, in regulatory burdens, not to mention the, the, the lockdowns uh, that the left imposed uh, in so many states uh, during the COVID hysteria. Suppressed uh, productivity, and then you, you print trillions and trillions of dollars that we don't have. So you, have, you flood the market with, with new dollars, you suppress productivity, of course you're gonna get rampant inflation and it will continue until these policies are reversed. Yeah, it's simple economics, there's no doubt about it. Um, a century and a half ago, Congress created a thing called the Holman Rule, which gave the House on a simple majority vote the ability to defund an individual bureaucrat program or federal spending department that didn't comply with Congress's wishes. Um, in 2017, Republicans brought it back, but really didn't effectively use it. Do you think the Holman rule becomes a surgical spending knife for the new Republican Congress in 2023? I certainly hope so. I think it's a very important uh, tool uh, that we'll have at our disposal. Remember the constitution, uh, the government cannot spend a single dollar unless the House of Representatives says it can spend that dollar. All spending bills originate in the House. Uh, and that's why Republicans are gonna have to be very stubborn right now uh, in bringing spending back under control before it completely bankrupts our country because history is screaming this warning at us. Countries that bankrupt themselves aren't around very long because before you can provide for the common defense and promote the general welfare, you have to be able to pay for it. And the ability of our country to do so is now coming into question. Yeah, no, it really is a legitimate question. And, and uh, not a lot of people, you're one of the few exceptions that really having that honest conversation about how we get back to that sanity. There's a, a moment in this process where 
we get the chance to go back to regular order and budgets are passed. Do you think Republicans will stop all these little side deals and CRs and get back to the way Americans budget for their households, a regular budget, regular order? That's important, isn't it? Oh, it's very important uh, as far as what they'll do. Well, I, I, I can't read minds and I can't tell fortunes. So I, I don't know what the future holds, except for this. If we continue down the path we're on, we're going to reach a point where we cannot fund the government. Of, uh, and, and we almost reached that point in, in, in uh, spring of 1945. There was a meeting of the Senate Finance Committee to uh, the question was, do we raise the debt limit? Uh, we were uh, uh, in World War Two. Of course, we had to raise the debt limit. But the bipartisan consensus in that meeting, they were worried sick about the fact we had we had maxed out our tax revenues. The economy couldn't produce anymore. Um, we had uh, 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 maxed out our borrowing capacity. Bond sales for the war were failing all across the country. Um, and they were concerned that, a, that, that, that continuing down the path we were on would produce a massive inflation and, and bring down the economy. Um, they were very concerned if we could even continue the war into 1946. Well, when they were having that discussion, uh, the, the debt to GDP ratio they were facing was actually lower than it is today. Wow. Which leads to the question, if we faced a World War II uh, magnitude crisis, uh, could we actually finance our country's defense? And I'm not sure we can. That is such an important historical moment to remind people, and we are at that abyss again. Uh, we got about a minute left, so I wanna ask about one question. You mentioned earlier the Constitution is clear. The House is supposed to set spending priorities and make decisions on spending. Joe Biden went out there and tried to spend 400 billion plus to cancel student loans. Supreme Court's agreed to take that case on this month. How important is it for the courts to rein in executive spending without congressional approval? Oh, it's, it's critically important. It, it cuts right to the heart of our constitutional separation of powers. By the way, earmarks works the, the, the opposite way. Right. Under our Constitution, Congress can appropriate money but cannot spend it. The president can spend money but cannot appropriate it. Earmarks and what Biden is doing blur the distinction between these two and combine those powers in the same hands. Well, this was the, the, the point of Magna Carta. It's been a settled principle of good governance since then, that, that the power to spend must be separate from the power to appropriate. Both Biden's actions uh, and earmarks. Biden uh, combines those powers in his hands. Earmarks combine those same powers in Congress's hands. Either way, as James Madison, the father of our Constitution said, is a formula for corruption and tyranny. And it sure is the perfect storm for wasting taxpayers' money. Well, one thing I know for sure, sir, uh, Americans are excited to know there's at least one man on the job watching their bottom line. Uh, you've been doing that for a long time, and I know you're going to be an important voice next year. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Great honor to have you on. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of this really important discussion about fiscal sanity in America right after these commercial messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, America. Over the course of the last hour, we have talked to state and federal lawmakers about re-eliminating earmarks balancing the budget and the importance of the U.S. House wielding the power of the purse to pass comprehensive policy change. But what policies are worth saving after congressional budget cuts? Well, our next guest will clue us in as to what the grassroots is saying should be kept. Catherine Gonzalez is the state advocacy director and is part of our sponsorship team at Heritage Action for America. And she joins us right now. Catherine, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much, John. It's great to be here. It's really fun to watch you in action because I think a lot of people start with the notion, ah, I can't make a difference in all of these big policy debates here in Washington. But that's really been proven untrue over the last couple of years. The grassroots, whether on parents' rights, on ESG, have really made a dent in their local markets. And that's filtering up to Washington. Tell us about some of the victories that are going on. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there is no voice like the grassroots, and especially when you talk to state lawmakers and they hear that their their constituents are taking action on issues. Um, they are more likely to move the, the bills. They're more likely to take action hearing from their constituents. And so it's just an amazing effort um, across this country as we see our network of sentinels and grassroots that are stepping up to the plate and saying, uh, here's what we need to do in my state. Here's what we need to make sure happens in our uh, state legislatures. And lawmakers are listening. And so it's, it's just an incredible movement that we're seeing across the country. Yeah, it's impressive. I have a favorite story. I love what happened in Kansas this past year. The Senate overrode uh, a Democratic governor's veto, got a parent's bill of rights into place and protections for women's sports. That's a pretty big moment. And it shows that even a chief executive can be overcome. Absolutely. Uh, that's especially key in states now when you see, uh, you know, Wisconsin is just a couple sh seats short from a supermajority. But you see other states where they do have supermajorities. Uh, the grassroots are going to be very important in making sure that with their Democrat governors, um, they're able to override those vetoes and really uh, make sure that the, the voice of the people and the voice of Americans are being heard in their state capitals. Yeah. And one of the tactics that I know Heritage Action has been able to use, it's not just the legislature. That's an important part. But some of the government bureaucracy agencies in Florida, the effort to restrict gender affirming care for adolescents gets through on a government, a governor appointed medical board, another area where everyday people can have their voice heard and make a difference. Right. Absolutely. Uh, that's something that I think it's important for for everyone to remember is uh, there are significant actions that can be taken from your governors, from executives uh, on issues like what you just mentioned on even on the ESG issue um, and state treasurers as well, statewide officials, attorneys general. Um, they're taking action. We've seen just this year some incredible momentum taken by treasurers uh, divesting from institutions that are pushing an ESG agenda against the will and the interests of American people. Um, and so it's important that we remember these statewide officials, including governors, attorneys general, state treasurers, have uh, some important roles to play in ensuring that uh, the policies and the, the directions of the state are headed in a direction that, 
that American people uh, desire. Yeah, and it's so amazing. The ESG movement, this environmental social governance movement, its real goal is just to get rid of fossil fuels from the economy, but there's nothing yet to replace it, right? Electric cars aren't ready. Solar and wind aren't closing the gap. So it's actually creating this extraordinary new potential pain in the uh, economy. And yet uh, states have jumped in there. We had the Florida chief financial officer on just a little bit ago. He described what's going on there. Uh, I think of people, uh, the American people have woken up to ESG. They're speaking pretty loudly. What do people need to know about the impact of ESG going into the next five years of this economy? Because getting rid of fossil fuels, there's nothing there to replace it. You're absolutely right, John. I mean, and Americans are feeling this at the gas pump and they would continue to feel it when uh, there's not enough uh, energy to, to go around if we just phase out fossil fuels. But I think it's important to remember that the ESG movement is not just a wonky acronym. It's truly the left's uh, latest strategy to circumvent the democratic and legislative process and push their agenda through financial financial institutions and uh, woke corporations. And so uh, citizens didn't elect, you know, your your uh, asset managers to represent them in their capitals and to pass laws. They, they elected elected officials to do that. And so uh, it's important that people remember that and remember that the CSG movement is a threat to not just America uh, as energy, energy, but also our independence. Yeah, you and I live in an alphabet soup city, right? FBI, CDC, uh, FDA, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. ESG feels like another acronym. You guys did something very fun. You brought ESG to life with a pop quiz. Tell us a little bit about this ESG quiz and how everyday Americans can get up to speed uh, on this very important cultural and economic battle. Yeah, absolutely. It's on our website, uh, which is ESG Hertz. Dot com And we like that because it, it truly does hurt everything. It hurts our institutions. It hurts our, our way of life. It hurts our energy dependence, to your point, John. Um, but ESGHurts.com, where you can log on, you can see a 60-second ad. It boils down ESG and how it can threaten you know, our small businesses and our, our way of pursuing um, our, our economic interests. But you can also take a quiz that kind of says, uh, you know, how would you score according to, to the left's uh, ESG ideologies? And so it's a great, great tool to go on there. There's also, you know, op-ed and media, things that are happening on states that are pushing back against ESG. So it's a great resource for, for grassroots, for constituents, for lawmakers uh, and the like. It's kind of fun. It kind of opens your eyes when you realize where the left is coming from and uh, all these social policies now and then how your life would be affected if they had their way. Uh, I thought the quiz was brilliant. I want to talk a little bit about people. They're listening. They're like, hey, I got inspired. I saw a, a state tre a treasurer getting involved, making a difference. I've seen state lawmakers and federal lawmakers. I want to get in the game. I had this incredible experience. I went down uh, to Texas last month, got to meet with the Heritage Sentinel program. That is an amazing training program. Tell us about how Heritage Sentinel's program gets grassroots activists into the game, trendy, tra trained and armed to go into battle. Absolutely. So we have uh, regional staff across the country that uh, can plug you in if you're interested uh, and, and get connected with the, the work that Heritage Action is doing, um, both at the federal level and the state level on a wide variety of issues. You can text uh, ACTION to 51776. Uh, and that's how you can get involved. You can visit our website at heritageaction.com. But all of those ways that you can get involved really plugs you into our, our Sentinel program, um, which is the tip of the spear that gives you um, policy education and makes sure that you're equipped 
with uh, the right the information to help influence lawmakers, uh, both the state and federal level, uh, as well as make sure that you're holding them accountable and holding lawmakers accountable to make sure that they're doing the will of the people. So it's a great resource to, to plug into. It sure was. And it was amazing to just meet everyday people who were inspired to go make their country better and making a difference, not just learning to do it, actually doing it. It was really an incredible experience for me. Uh, we got about a minute left. I want to ask about this, Catherine. Uh, there is a lot that you have your finger on the pulse of in the states. What are the big issues in 2023 where policies are going to be debated? Things are going to be worth saving. Things are going to be cut. What are the what are the big ones that you're watching for next year? Absolutely. Uh, ESG, as we've already discussed, John, I think is going to be a huge uh, a huge issue coming in 2023 as state legislators start to take uh, come back into session come in January through May for the most part. I think ESG efforts and what states can do to take back or push back on that is going to be huge. I think you're also going to see state lawmakers uh, answer the call of parents and pass parental empowerment bills that, that give parents the option uh, to choose what education is best for their children. Um, I think many states are going to take up that in 2023. And I think we'll see uh, continued efforts on the life issue and others as state lawmakers uh, now more than ever are on the front lines of issues that are directly impacting the lives of American people. So more to come. Absolutely. That's going to be fun to watch 2023, a year of empowerment for the American people. Catherine, you're right on the front edge of it. We're so lucky to have had you on today and for all the great work that we get to do with Heritage Action for America. Really appreciate the time today. Thanks so much, John. Folks, it's hard to believe that we've wrapped up another great conversation, but uh, it is time to bring this to a close. A lot of important issues, uh, budgeting issues in our state and federal government. Uh, we have a lot of policy debates. The big message to take away as we end this year, we head into 2023, you, the American people, can make a difference. The grassroots actually can change things. That's what Heritage Action has been showing. That's what this special is about today. We hope you have a blessed end to the year, a Merry Christmas, and we'll be back in the new year with many more conversations just like this. It's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.